If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. To off limits, liberal, irreverent, oh, and really, really gay. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me tonight here on Off Limits. Uh, tonight we've got a really special guest. Uh, we've got the wonderful, illustrious, incredibly body and outrageous and incredibly talented Coco Peru talking to me tonight on the show. So she has taken time out of her uh, very special night. It's Oscar night, and she's actually taking time out to talk to us, which I'm sure she's very pissed about, but I hope that she's going to be accepting enough to uh, give us a good interview today and talk to us about whatever is on her mind. Um, and I hope she'll be honest. I know she will because she's very straightforward and, and outrageous. So let's talk to uh, Coco Peru. Coco, are you there? I am here. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for doing the show. As I said, I know that we're interfering with your your Emmy, excuse me, your uh, Oscar night, but I appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me briefly. So thank you oh, so well, much. I, I, are people listening live? Yes, we are live on the air right now. Well, I guess I, it probably is really just the two of us. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> anybody would pull themselves away from the Oscars to listen to Coco Peru. Oh, I'm sure that's not but true. No. I um, I canceled on you once because I was sick. Yes, yes. then I realized it was the Oscars, and I thought, well, I surely can't cancel on <laughs> I appreciate that, though. But yes. Um... And I got to see what I wanted to see. Oh, good. What did you see? Oh, I wanted to see them pay tribute to The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. How was that? Oh, it was great. Pink sang Over the Rainbow, and they played footage from the movie Behind Her. Oh, my and gosh. I'm, I'm friends with Liza Minnelli, and I'm doing this event out here with her in mo- this month. Yes. So I, I wanted to see it for that reason. Oh, that's wonderful. So it was actually really well done and, and touching. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, wow. I can't wait to see it. I DDR'd it myself, so I can't wait to see it. Um, wonderful. So, yeah, I did see that, actually, I saw that you are going to be interviewing Liza Minnelli. So, um, how how are you excited about that? You said you're friends with her already, so it's not like she's a stranger to you. No, we know each other from many, many years ago. It's not like we call each other all the time, but she certainly um, has been very supportive of m- me over the years. That's incredible. Wow, that's a great friend to have. <laughs> she's yeah. awesome. Um, she's definitely a legend. So, well, I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about your life, a little briefly, and then also talk to you about a few things in the political world and what your thoughts were on those things. Um, first of all, I wanted to know just uh, some of the typical questions I'm sure you're asked all the time, and I'm sure you're bored to death asking, being answered, but uh, what, how did you get started in drag? What, what, how did you create Coco Peru, and where did she come from? She grew on the bathroom wall. Oh, my. No, uh, the, the, the mildew spray. You know, we didn't have it back in the 1990s. No, I, um, I was um, tr- trying to be an actor, and I had gone to college for acting. And, and then um, I discovered the world of cabaret, and I thought that was very intimate and interesting. Um, and then I was 
also wanting to get involved as an activist because of the AIDS crisis. Yes, uh huh. Um, and also was dealing with you know coming out and and being gay at that time and all, being a gay openly gay performer was not something people did as much as they do now. Right. So I had all these different things going on, and then um, and I also had had a lot of shame about being not gay but effeminate. Yes. And um, and that was all trauma from my childhood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I decided to you know just sort of embrace that, and then um, be this kind of activist slash drag queen slash entertainer. <laughs> Uh, with the intent that I was going to, you know, make the world a better place. I mean, that's really, that's what it was back then for me. Well, that's a great thing to aspire to to do. (laughs) I guess it sounds corny, but (laughs) it really was my, you know, my youth, and that's what I wanted to do. Well, that's wonderful. And so so you kind of morphed all of that into into Coco Peru. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, and, and you were part of the ACT UP uh, era as in New York, right? Isn't that correct? I never joined ACT UP. I went to a meeting, and it was probably towards the history of ACT UP when ACT UP was having a lot of internal uh, fighting and problems. And it's interesting because the meeting that I went to, there was a lot of screaming and yelling and anger and rage, mm-hmm. which I expected that directed towards the people who were you know, uh, on the other side, basically. Yeah. The church or the, you know, the, the, the politicians and whatnot. But when it was internal, it really threw me. I, I also, I I've had a, a problem with, with screaming and people yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. So I left there and I realized in that moment that I wasn't big enough or mature enough in my sort of evolution to take on that kind of rage. Right. It like really terrified me. You weren't ready for that yet. I wasn't ready for it. I was too terrified of it. And I left there feeling completely um, defeated. But I, it did get me thinking, what can I do? How can I change people's minds about who we are? Yes. And I thought about storytelling. Mm-hmm. That like the way I always got involved and got to know people was I would listen to their story. So I decided I was going to be a a storyteller. And then the drag came out of this thing where I had happened to be reading a book at the time about Native Americans and how they had a a third gender. And I thought, wow, that's probably what I was supposed to be like growing up. Interesting. Something other. Yes. So So then I started writing it from this point of view that I was this third gender. And then, and it all came together in that way. But um, it was inspired a lot by not becoming a member of ACT UP, and, but still wanting to do something that mattered. Gotcha. And yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, the fact that you actually took your um, your experiences and have actually put them into something so productive and so well-loved in the gay community especially is is wonderful. I think that's an incredible feat and something that you should be, and you sure, I'm sure, sure you are, very proud of. And um, I think that's why people love you so much, because you are pretty 
to me, that's one of the things I was going to ask you. To me, you're more than, you're not just a drag queen. Um, and although there's nothing wrong with that term, and I'm sure it's fine for you, but I think that to me, the difference between you and a lot of others, uh, drag queens or performers, is it seems to me that you have something to say more than just being fabulous or just being, you know, uh, beautiful or looking great. You actually say something meaningful. And so I think that that must be where that comes from. Would, would you agree? Yes, I mean, I, I love drag and I love any time a guy puts on a dress and wants to express himself, <laughs> whether they're trying to say something or not. But for me personally, it was about uh, finding my voice and being able to uh, talk about things that I thought were funny, but also that had a point of view. Right. But that's what drag has always been for me. Wonderful. Um, and then, you know, I have, to, I did. M- a movie like Trick, where mm-hmm. my character was this mean, bitter yes. <laughs> drag queen. But still, one of my goals, when I first saw my first gay movie mm-hmm. and how it impacted me, I had that fantasy of, like, someday I want to be in a gay movie that impacts other young people. Yes. And then I got to do Trick, and, and it just celebrated its 15-year anniversary right here in uh, Los Angeles. Yes. I have a screening of it in New York this month as well, I think on the 22nd. But... um I didn't get to go to the screening because I had a show here in Los Angeles, but the director and, and some of the they were talking about how so many people got up to like sort of testify what that movie meant to them in their coming out process. And yes. I, I get emails from people too. So like that dream came true. I got to be in a gay movie that impacted Back to people. people's lives. Yes. Whether or not it was, uh, you know, <laughs> in the way you thought I was a stereotype <laughs> or, you know, people would say I was a stereotype and still I thought it was, I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> yes, it was funny. It was hilarious. Um, and speaking, speaking of trick. And so, yeah, I was going to mention that, that it's the 15th anniversary of that, that movie, that film. And, um, it absolutely has impacted a lot of, uh, gay people, uh, men specifically, I think. And I think, it was groundbreaking at the time in a lot of ways and your character as well. Um, but I think, do you, I mean, do you think that, uh, that experience really, really catapulted you into the public consciousness beyond just what you were being known as before that? Yeah. I was only known in New York Yeah, and, and only known to those people that took the time to see my shows or read a review of me in, in one of the major papers, mm-hmm. but I wasn't known outside of really New York city or the tri-state area, as we would say. Right. And um, when Trick happened, that just sort of, yes, I was all, all of a sudden I was recognized. In fact, I was out here in L.A. when it was released, and I went to the Halloween parade, mm-hmm. and um, people thought I was someone dressed as Coco Peru, and they didn't really believe that I was Coco Peru. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, you know, it was, it was a really magical time for me. And, you know, we all fantasize to get that those sort of accolades, and listen, I'm I'm very aware it was an independent movie that was popular with gay people. I don't think it was like a <laughs> big public thing, but right? I, you know, certainly within my community to be recognized, absolutely, and, and praised was wonderful. And to this day, people will say to me, "You must be so sick and tired of hearing this," but I loved you and Trick, <laughs> and I tell everyone, I'm never sick and tired of hearing that. Yeah. And, a compliment is a compliment, and I'll take them away. How gracious. How gracious. <laughs> uh, I agree. Um, well, and I heard also in that movie that you had, uh, you, didn't you actually write some of the lines, or some of the lines came from you, or something? Yeah, like when I was fortunate that um, uh, Jim Fole 
actually, I wasn't in the movie when it was first written, and I helped Jim Fole, who ended up directing it, I helped him audition people for the first reading of it, yeah. where they were trying to get people interested. And I was reading all the different roles against the other actors auditioning. And when it, we were done, Jim Fall turned to me and said, would you read the role of Catherine, which is who Tori Spelling ended up playing? Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. So I read it uh, for the thing. He explained that it would be played by a real woman <laughs> if the movie ever get made. And Well, the one comment everyone said was, you've got to keep the drag queen in the movie. So Jason Schaefer, who wrote Trick, uh, and Jim got together, and, and Jason wrote uh, a monologue for me, and then was big enough to uh, allow me to rewrite it. Oh, wow. So that it was really my voice, and I, I pulled some, per, like, the it's big, it's beautiful, and you're going to love it. It was mm-hmm. actually something that happened to me one night in my <laughs> stairwell of my apartment in New York City. <laughs> so it's just, I, I just threw all in the stuff. And they let me keep. They let me. They let me do it. Both Jim and, and Jason thought it was funny, and they said, "Sure." Incredible, it. incredible. Well, that just shows your 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 breadth of talent that you're talented enough to be able to do that. Even though you pulled it from something that happened to you, that's still talent. You know, that's great. Well, most of my monologues, I should say, all of my monologues in my one person shows are autobiographical, and that was mm. another thing that when I started, people didn't. Um, they. That's why I kind of. I stood out from the crowd because I, I was a drag queen that was telling autobiographical stories. No, no one had really ever done that before. Yeah, it's a new thing. Yeah, and yeah, so it, it, it so I was it, I was pretty special back back in the early '90s when I first started. And I also in my first show I I, I did a monologue about AIDS and whatnot, and that was yeah, it was very serious back mm-hmm. then. And mm-hmm. I mean, it still is, but sure, I know um, what you mean. Back then, it was it was so you know people were walking around Dead. looking like they yes. were not like they were you know a day away from death, and often they were right. And um, so I got a lot of recognition back then for that as well that I, I was political and 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 talking about issues. Yeah, and and speaking of politics, um, you um, what are you, what are your thoughts on politics today, and in, in terms of what's going on with the gay community uh, generally, in terms of, for example, gay marriage uh, across the nation? You know, there have been several states recently that have been trying to pass that, and as after Domo is overturned, and uh, I'm wondering what your think your thinking is on that right now. Uh, I think the tide has turned, and I do think. Um, as much work as there is yet to be done, I, I see the momentum of it happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these younger kids today, they have access to, to the Internet. So they, they, they can find support. Um, you know, that whole It Gets Better campaign. There, there's something, you know, there, there's places for these kids to go to, to feel less alone. Right. And also, you know, I have 13, 14-year-old you know, straight girls that follow me, mm-hmm. and this is the future. <laughs> so I, I feel hopeful. I don't feel like, um, you know, I feel like the people who are holding out against us are are, are kind of a dying breed. Yeah, uh, I don't think I don't think that means you can relax and sort of just believe that it's all going to happen and it's going mm-hmm. to be rosy. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that. I mean, I let's say this: when I was young, I would have never believed that I would be married and it would be legal. That's just like it blows my mind. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. incredible, isn't it? I mean, yeah. As a child, did you ever think that you'd be able to grow up and marry 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 a man? I never thought I'd have. Uh, uh, seriously, I I I was a very depressed 
<laughs> child because I had I saw no future yeah. except a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I, none of it was real. I knew, you know, on some level, I knew that my future, uh, anything that made me happy, was just fantasy. Mm. It could never happen. Uh, and that was uh, devastating to me as a, as a kid. Of course, no, um, no wonder you were depressed. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. And you know, and then as a, as a young adult, when I finally did come out, I joined this group, Gay Men of the Bronx, and there's a very old. I don't think he was very old, but he, he was an older gay man, and he was very cranky, very bitter, not a pleasant person to be around. And one night we had to go around the table and tell our, you know, a, a story about ourselves. And he talked about how in the, like the 1950s he had a boyfriend. They lived in separate apartments. No one knew about them being boyfriends. Their families didn't know. Their coworkers didn't know nothing. And his boyfriend was gay bashed and murdered. Oh my! And the police didn't care. It was kind of, there were no hate crimes back then, nothing. The police probably figured he deserved it, you know. Yeah. And this gay guy that was telling the story talked about how he had to go to work the next day and pretend like nothing happened. Oh, God. He had to, you know, get on the phone with his family and talk like nothing happened because they didn't know he was gay, they didn't know about this boyfriend. And he just had to swallow that. That's and I thought unbelievable. Oh, my God. Like, suddenly I felt such compassion for that bitter man. Right. Um, he changed, you know, in, in that, and that's the power of storytelling and telling your story. Absolutely. And I, um, it does change your mind and, and how you feel about people. And I thought, my God, look how far we've come, you know, and that was back in, you know, 1990 or 1989, whatever it was. And here we are, all these years later, and look how far we've come since then. So that's kind of the way I look at it. In another 20 years, we'll come even further. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and have you heard about Having the... said that, oh, I sure? do want to say, mm -hmm. I have no interest in assimilating <laughs> or losing our edge mm -hmm. and what makes us funny. And I always thought, I wonder if if we become totally... Milk toast. Accepted, <laughs> do we lose our... Do we lose something? And I don't know the answer to that. That's a smart question. That's a smart question because I think that's part of what, as you said, that's part of what gives us our edge and makes us uh, unique, different, and witty, and all the things we are, which I think a lot of times makes us... Survival. The survival. Exactly. Yes. Gave us that, you know, that edge to survive, to be witty, to, to make ourselves laugh at even the painful things. I, and I hope that that doesn't get lost. And when I see some of the stuff out there that gay people watch on television <laughs> the younger generation sort of celebrating it kind of thing. like what please be specific <laughs> <laughs> all righty then okay that's fair um well yeah and i agree with you i think that's an incredible observation and uh hope that hope hope you're right hope things do stay we do remain um the way we are so to speak in the best of us anyway um and what I about? I think they will. Even the gay kids today, they are funny. They make me laugh. Absolutely, I love the younger generation. I think they are funny. I, I agree. I absolutely. They write agree. these silly things on my wall. I have no idea what they're talking about at the time, <laughs> but I love them. Oh well, that's nice of you um, to be so loving and accepting of all of your fans, even when you you know they're different than you are. Um, Can I tell you? I just had a fan write me today uh -huh. while I'm watching the Oscars, asking me a question. Yeah. Of when I. When I leave the earth, when I pass, 
am I? Because this is an odd, uh, uh, probably a weird question for you, but when you pass and leave us, uh, will you be uh, buried as Coco or will you be buried as yourself? Oh, really? Can you believe someone is like sitting at home thinking, thinking about, about that? <laughs> so I wrote back to him, I hope to be a big pile of ashes with a few sequins thrown over it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, I mean, they must really love you to care so much. I know, to think. but I just thought it was so funny that <laughs> someone would think it and then have the nerve to write <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they must think about you often coco that's nice yeah it should yeah. be great yeah it should be great for you even in death <laughs> uh well where i was thinking also about earlier when i was asking you where coco peru came from the look that you have which is quite brie vandekamp you know uh, i think from desperate housewives which you came before that but i'm just saying um it's very similar uh how where did that look come from the specific kind of oeuvre that you have about the way about yourself when i created coco um actually i have to say like I look back now and I think, oh, I looked really pretty back then, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I wasn't going for, um, I wasn't going for real back then. I, you oh. know, back then, the, the drag queens in New York were very clownish and over the top. Mm -hmm. And I, I, my intention was to set myself apart from that. So I decided I was going to, I was just going to do the opposite of that whole clown thing and just sort of go for this. Um, I'm talking about the club kid drag. I understand. Uh, not the sort of um, the uh, the uh, imperial court. I, I wasn't involved in that aspect, but um, so I decided to just do my my basic idea was less is more, mm -hmm. less sparkles, less jewelry, mm -hmm. less everything. But I did have big hair, and the problem with having big hair is it's a pain in the ass to take care of. <laughs> yeah. So basically, because I'm lazy when it comes to that stuff, like, because hair and makeup is not interesting to me. I don't enjoy it. So I just, um, I went out and bought a wig and I said, uh, just something, you know, and it was like that, that girl look. And I just immediately knew this is me. This is my look. And I loved silhouette. I'm sorry. There's another call coming through. I'll ignore it, but that's what you're hearing. Oh, no problem. I loved the silhouette of the long, my long sort of body and these, long gowns I would wear at that time with that sort of just little slip. Yes. Yes. It created this gorgeous shadow on the wall behind me. And, that's, <laughs> and I knew that shadow was there and that's what I loved. It's like iconic almost now. Yeah. It's you know? so weird. But that, that to me, like, that turned me on. In the same way back when I started, you could smoke in the cabaret clubs. Mm -hmm. And I would look up during a song and I'd see that the light, the can, you know, mm -hmm. and the light in it. And you just see the smoke swirling up around it. I thought, oh, that's so glamorous. <laughs> you know, I was probably you know, breathing in tons of cancer. <laughs> yes, well, uh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, well, yeah, and also recently I've seen you wear different wigs and look a little different. Your shorter hair, kind of a bob or something I saw in one thing. Yeah, I did a, a show called She's Got Balls, and then mm. I wear a short bob. And you know, people freak out about every, you know, every time I change my hair. <laughs> Good I, and bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing. I, I just, even tonight with the Oscars, it's like people just write the cruelest, meanest <laughs> things about people. Yes. <laughs> so, but it's like, it's, some of it's not even witty. Yes. You know? Yes. It's just mean. Yes. That's I'm what. I'm lucky. I mean, people aren't that mean with me. A couple of times I've had to scold a couple of fans. Yes. 
that I just feel like, listen, I don't even know you and you're out of line. Mm -hmm. But I am amazed at um, how people have such a reaction to change and yeah, so I think it's, the, the the Bob for me was just a sassier look, and my, and my last show was I was very sassy in it. Yeah, and that so it made made sense, right? Um, and listen, my mother always says, as a woman gets older, she needs to keep her hair shorter. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and speaking of getting older, you're getting older. Don't want to bring that up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so as you're getting older, what things are you discovering about age that you just love so much or maybe you don't like so much? Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. I don't love <laughs> photos anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that could be hard, huh? It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But and uh, Thank God for Photoshop. Hello. Well, that's for sure. Yes. It is, it is shocking mm -hmm. when you stop. It's like you sort of remember yourself in your 30s. That's kind of like where you... And you freeze it in your mind. You freeze in your mind. Exactly. And, any, and, and then you look back and you go like, you Ugh. look at photos and you're like, oh my God, I don't look like myself. <laughs> you do look like yourself yes. because you look like now. That's the problem. But you're always comparing yourself to like that time in your 30s. That's absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yes. How old are you? I'm 38. I'll be 39 in two months. Well, enjoy it, because it's downhill from 40. <laughs> no shit. Thanks for telling me. I know. <laughs> My eyes went at 40. Oh, God. I'm so um, frightened. It really, it is bizarre. It is bizarre. My, your muscle tone just is like, wait, what? I looked in the mirror, and I saw, uh, is that a jowl? What? 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is I that? I used to drop weight. I'd be like, oh, I gained five pounds. I got to lose it. <laughs> you know, three days later, it'd be gone. <laughs> yes. Now it doesn't. It's not only that it it takes longer. It just doesn't go away. It just stays there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're like you know going to the gym every day. I'm not one of those people. Well, unfortunately, I'm not one of those people. And I, if I don't work out, I definitely would balloon up. My my husband, on the other hand, is one of those lucky assholes. He's 45 years old, and he can eat whatever he wants and stays as thin as a rail. I hate him. Mm -hmm. Is your husband that there way, are or is he? People. Is your husband that way, or is your husband more... No, my husband um, isn't that way, but my husband is, I think, very, very good-looking. Yes, well, that's and, good. Um, and when, he, when I met him, and we were both young, you know, I, at that time, had a nice, average body. Mm -hmm. but, you know, nice, but he had a rocking body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, how did I get so lucky? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but he was, he was a runner and now he swims. So he, he Oh, wow. He stays fit yeah. somewhat then. That's yeah. good. But do you, how did you meet him? I heard you met him on a beach or something like that. Is that right? I met him on a beach. Yeah. yeah we were, um, I was with two friends and we missed the ferry going to Fire Island, mm -hmm. the ferry that we were supposed to catch. Mm -hmm. And it turned out 
we were on the same ferry as my future husband. Incredible. And I saw him on the ferry. I thought he was straight because he was talking to some woman. <laughs> I thought they were together. And then he ended up sitting next to us on the beach. Wow. And uh, I went over and said hello. And he was naked. And I thought, that looks really, really yummy. <laughs> and, um, and that was it. We ended up talking for like, four or five hours there on the beach. Wow. Is he American yeah. or is he uh, no, European? He's Spain. He's, oh, he's Spanish. Okay, wonderful. Wow. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. In fact, that's where we were married. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And is it legal in Spain to be married? It is 100% legal, of course, Spain. Incredible. So now that you you live in Los Angeles... Uh, Correct. You, it you're, is legal here as well. Yes, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, Schwarzenegger, right before he left... Uh-huh. I signed a bill to acknowledge those people that married during uh, the first time. The time it was legal, mm-hmm. legal to get married. Anyone living outside of the, I mean, I'm sorry, excuse me. Anyone that got married in another place where it was legal were to be recognized as legally married here as well. Wow. We were. It was all. It's all very confusing still. Uh, it know, is. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, still very conf- we we never when people were saying we had to get remarried other people were saying no you don't have to get remarried do not get remarried and uh, you'll just make it more confusing so it it was it, it was it's an interesting time to live in because you know when laws change and things you you sort of it's wonderful but you kind of don't know where you stand yes Yes, that's right. And it's very confusing. And it's um, also with taxes and everything else, it can be really crazy. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I, I've gone through the same thing, so I understand. Um, well, I was also, uh, you know, one of the things I love about you that you've done is, is your little your little videos that you do, like you did the Tea Tamer Tea video. I know. Those are so silly. <laughs> I, I do them because they make, they make, especially the younger kids, laugh. But, I mean... It it makes me sad that they can't see my real shows. Yes, I, it makes me sad. I can't see your real shows because you're never here. They're the there's that's where my heart is. Yes, that's where I really speak my mind, and and I just think the kids would love it because I'm, you know, I'm outrageous, but I'm I'm you know I'm speaking, you know, people leave my shows, and in fact, even he, just recently, saying, oh my god, that was like gay church or that was like a <laughs> sermon up there you know and it, yeah they felt moved yes that's great um, so i'd love for these young kids even a straight one mm-hmm. you know, to, to see a show of mine well, why don't you instead they're seeing me search for celestial season <laughs> and just saying stupid things off the top of my head but that's entertaining it's fun but it is entertaining to them and i'm happy they're entertained and the other thing i think that's powerful for them to say is that I am in Kmart, I am in you know all these different places. Mm-hmm. I'm out walking the street, I'm in a park, whatever. Exactly. Dressed as Coco and not giving a crap what anybody thinks of me. That's absolutely right. And I do think that is empowering for young people who feel different or mm. other. And especially at that those awkward teenage years where you're worried about what everybody thinks of you. For them to see me, you know, this tired old drag queen not give a shit, I think empowers them. I or at least that's agree. what I'm telling myself. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. That's the, that's just it, though. You're absolutely right. Just by be, the virtue of being yourself, you are motivating so many others. And just by being yourself, and that's an incredible gift to have, and just to be able to do that, that's amazing. So, yeah, I would Thank agree. You. Yes. Um, it, and uh, by the way, tomorrow I'm releasing another new, new one. 
Are you? Oh, I can't wait. A new video. I can't oh, wait although this one takes place in the privacy of my own home, but it, there will be a new silly video. Tomorrow. Yay. Well, we can't wait. We're waiting. Um, we can't wait. I love to watch this. And uh, speaking of your shows, though, is there a reason that you don't, I mean, maybe it's for, like, because it takes away from you financially or something, that you don't videotape your shows and then release them on video or, or something like that? Or? I just have never... Um, for people like me who don't get, who aren't able to see you in Los Angeles or whatever. Yeah, I just I've never done that. I had those two logo specials. Which yes. I wasn't even. Uh, you know, they were fine. They were nice, but it's like they edited stuff out. It's, they yeah. edit, they can even edit your comic timing out. Which right. Like, which they did. Oh my. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what? That's it fell not flat. the way I tell that joke. Mm-hmm. So. Still, I was happy I did it because again, gay kids got to see me, and it meant a lot to them. But. You know, maybe I don't know. I, I just I've never done it, and I I wish I wish I had the finances to, sure. to do that myself. And um, no one has ever really shown an interest. What? Why? But they do. I mean, they all like. I have like really important people come see my show and be like, "Why isn't this on TV?" Yes. And it's like, "Oh, why isn't this an HBO special?" And it's like, "Okay, well, you tell me. You're in the position to actually <laughs> maybe make that call." Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like I can't call HBO and say, "Listen, <laughs> I got a great show." Oh, I think you should just walk into their offices with a tape or a DVD <laughs> exactly. and just slap it on the desk and say, "Look." Exactly. <laughs> the amazing thing though nowadays is that these young kids are on on Tumblr and all these different things, and they they create um, their own stuff nowadays. Yes, it's true. It's true. They don't need the. the now that now like that Tyler Oakley boy, he, mm. he, that's the reason why my celestial season tension team team went viral is because he posted on Tumblr. Wow, amazing! That's the only reason that got so many hits. Well, that's what you need then. You it's need because this twenty something something year old boy uh, created this fan base. Right, it's just it, it's wild to me that 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 can happen. Yeah, and it's true. I think you're right. Things have changed in the way you promote people and entertainers and the way you you know, navigate the Hollywood or whatever uh, these days it's because of social media. You're right. But I think maybe that's I mean, what... think about it. When I started Coco, there was no internet. Nothing. No. <laughs> no. There, there were wasn't. no personal computers. Uh-uh. No. It's just amazing to me. I used to write my shows longhand on yellow legal pads. No way. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> my goodness. And that's what my sound person would get. Incredible. I hope you have good handwriting then. No, it's terrible. <laughs> the, the cues that they needed, that was basically what they, was low, uh, you know, they could read. That's right. Crazy. You know, it was just, I was crazy back then. Mm. And all my sound cues were on cassette tapes, and I had to wind them up with the pencil right to where it started. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it was a, there was a cassette tape for each different sound cue. Wow. So you could wind it up right to where it started. So they pressed the button and the sound cue would come on where it Jeez. needed to be. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. you are old. <laughs> <laughs> I just... could be watching this. Uh, I know. I know. I'm just being a bitch. I'm just kidding. I'm oh. sorry. Uh, well, I wanted to ask well, you. Listen, you're, you're, married to, you're married to someone who's not, who's not much younger than me. So I know. And he's, he's old, too. But that's okay. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old too. I'm just kidding. You know, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. you're not. You're 38. I'm kidding. I look. I'm only a year away from being old myself, so I'll be there too. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, You'll remember when you meet your friend, your eyes go. 
Yes, yeah. they're already they're, it's already gonna happen. Trust me. I told you, I'm getting the gel thing. I'm getting the gel thing. Um, girls will be girls. I wanted to talk about that if that's okay. Um, I, that's an incredibly hilarious, campy, of course, movie. Um, you know, and I love it. I think. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Everybody, every gay person I know loves that movie. Um, and, of course, the uh, the guy... What's the name of the guy? I'm sorry. Um, Jack... Uh, Jack Plotnick. Thank you, easy. Jack Plotnick, yes. Uh, is incredible as well. And all hilarious. of you all of you are hilarious. It's just perfect, perfect casting, perfect everything. I loved it. But I wanted to ask you about the sequel. Whatever happened with the sequel? It's still getting edited. Still getting edited, okay. And yeah, so- Richard Day wrote and directed the first one, and back then... He had all of this money uh, to make that happen. So yes. The whole crew and everything. Uh-huh. And then we put together this Kickstarter to raise money to film the second one, which is a much bigger film. I mean, he has green screen and special effects. Uh-huh. And it's like, wait, Richard, what were you thinking? It's like you don't have a crew. You don't have anyone <laughs> to edit this. So he's doing it all on his own. And then he had all the, he wrote about it on the Girls with the Girls blog, but then his like computer crashed, he lost everything. He oh my He had to get away to retrieve it, but all the work was lost, so he had to start over. Plus he has a, you know, then he has a regular full-time job. So, and then, you know, it was, it, it's been overwhelming for him. But I saw him the other night, he came to see my show and he said it is coming together. He's got new equipment and everything that makes it go along a lot faster so it's not as painful and depressing. So he seemed re-energized about it. Okay, well, good. We'll see. Good. So hopefully, eventually it will come out sometime. And, yeah. Okay. Probably Let's, when you're my age. When I'm uh, old. <laughs> When you're old. When I'm already old. Uh, I'm already old. Exactly. I'm already old. I should never have said that. I'm so sorry. Anyway, um, what what do you think about the um, when you're talking about girls will be girls though? The um, why do you think it's so, why do you think it's so popular? Why do you think people love it so much? Well, I think I think people. I mean, let's. It's not a perfect movie. No, but but that's okay. It is. Um, I I think the writing, Richard's writing, is very funny. Yes. I think the three of us actors in it, mm-hmm. we were all, we're all friends, mm-hmm. and we all respect each other's talent, and we all knew when it was the other person's time to shine. Do you know what I mean? Like, we respected each other. Right. Uh-huh. And we loved working with each other. So I think that that, that kind of energy comes through in it. Yes. But I also think people, when they pop in a movie about, you know, that stars three drag, you know, men in drag. They expect. 
sort of. They expect yeah. it's going to be sloppy. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't. No, it was awesome. It was awesome. But even even the fact that it's not perfect, I think, is part of the charm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, that, that was... Richard, I mean, uh, Jack and I were asked to do a benefit together out here. Mm-hmm. And I was asked to host it. And then they asked me if, if I wouldn't mind hosting it with this guy named Jared Plotnick, who does the character Evie. Yes. <clears throat> and I was new out here, and I didn't want to pull an ego trip or anything, and I didn't really care. I was like, sure, I, I'm happy to work with someone else. Whatever, it takes the pressure off of me. Mm-hmm. Started working with Jack. I didn't quite get Jack and his way of working, and it was making me uncomfortable, and I was used to being a solo performer, so I called the guy who was putting it all together to quit. And when I called him, I said, how are you? And he proceeded to tell me some horrible story about something that was happening in his family. So I thought, well, I can't quit now after that story. So I just kind of hung up and did this show. And we were a hit, mm. Jack and I. And, um, and since then, I love Jack. And I've, I've learned to work with him beautifully. I mean, I really love him. Yes. And... Um, People saw that, and everyone started talking about, you two need to be in a movie together. Mm-hmm. So that idea started getting batted around. And then Richard Day, who knew Jack, decided he was going to do it. And he added Varla into it because he felt like the movie needed some like young ingenue to piss Evie off. <laughs> yes. So um, that's how it came about. So thank Incredible. God I did that benefit, number one. Yes. Thank God I didn't quit. And, and um, the other funny thing was that Richard Day wrote it as a TV series. At oh, Showtime, really? Oh. Showtime was interested, and at their big meeting, it was between another show and Girls Will Be Girls, and they decided to go with the other show. Oh, man. And I was crushed. Oh, no crushed. wonder. And I said to Richard, why don't we just make a movie? Mm-hmm. Meaning, why don't we just film a couple of scenes as a goof so that we have something to show mm-hmm. the next time you go in to try and pitch this maybe to some other station? Mm-hmm. And he actually turned it into a movie. Yes. Incredible. And I was like, I didn't mean that. I just meant like a little, <laughs> you know, a couple of scenes. And he was like, no, it's a, we're, I'm, I'm doing a movie. And, and that's how it came about. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I'm doing tonight is giving away to one of the listeners. Um, we had 195 people registered to listen to the show today. Uh, so I wanted to see if you would pick a number between 1 and 195. And whichever number you pick, that's the person who's going to win a free DVD from me of Girls Will Be Girls. 47. 47. Let's look and see. I don't know why I said that number. 47 is... Joseph Clancy. Yay, Joseph, you oh, are a winner. Irish boy. <laughs> Joseph Clancy is going to win the free DVD. So I'll send that out to you, Joseph. I'll be contacting you. Thank you. Uh, okay. Thank you, Coco. Uh, one, one thing. If Joseph Clancy isn't listening tonight. Pick someone else who did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you your face. You have this face that you make, this like sourpuss face that I think is hilarious. And you, you know, it's an expression you have. You've made it almost everything you've ever done, I think, about something. Do you understand what I'm referring to when I say that? No. No. <laughs> it's like you're like, uh, I'm trying to think of one of your lines and trick or something, you're like uh, sort of a, a down, you kind of turn your, 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 um, 
your mouth downwards and sort of like, uh, you know, like that kind of like, uh, yeah. that look. Okay. Uh-huh. That, is that just a natural thing you do or is it something that you created for Coco Peru? No, I think it's just natural. Just natural? Oh, okay. It's I just... always had a very expressive face. I grew up in a time where I was obsessed with funny people. Mm-hmm. So I was obsessed with B. Arthur, oh, Don Rickles, uh, God, all of those great, great comedians from back then. Yeah. And I loved them. And I also grew up around a lot of funny people in my neighborhood. My parents had a lot of funny friends. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessed with going to the parties that my parents would go to Mm -hmm. and just watching these funny people. You know, usually they were drunk, but they were hilarious. And um, so I think I, you know, I I always had a funny uh, face, you know, when I was telling stories or, you know, imitating people as a kid. Yes. You know, to make people laugh. I would imitate other people or anyway. And I have kind of a rubbery face to that, but um, I don't think it's something that I'm consciously trying to make a face. And in fact, my mother always says, my God, you better be careful because people can tell what you think. Your face is just like, <laughs> I have the same problem. You look disgusted right now. When you're looking at someone because you are disgusted by them, but you yes, know, yes. you're showing you're it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I understand what that's like. Uh, yeah, I that's... Mean, my, my friends laugh at me all the time because they catch me like mm-hmm. making those faces you're talking about. But I'm in public. Yes. Yes. Just... You're one of that. You have no poker face. It just is what it is. What you're it feeling. Is, yes. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's part of my New York Bronx. That's that's part of your charm. People, I think people from that area are just very blunt, right, and very honest. Yes. And Unlike the South. I don't think I'm, having said that, <laughs> Yes, I don't think I'm a blunt person. I don't intentionally ever try to make someone uncomfortable or feel badly. You know, I feel like I'm a kind person. Right. I and believe I, that. I feel like New Yorkers mm-hmm. get knocked down a lot as being like these, you know, kind of in your face and, you know, and I don't think New Yorkers are really like that. I think New Yorkers know we, when they can go there, and they also know when they can't go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think I think it's part of the reason I left New York too. Besides all the noise, and and because I was from there, I wanted to try something. I really got tired of the people that came from other places to New York and behaved badly because <laughs> they thought in New York, in order to survive, you had to be tough badly mm-hmm. and have this edge. It was so pretentious and so false. Mm-hmm. It really started to wear on my nerves. And I would go in and, you know, someone would roll their eyes because I asked them, you know, and I'd be like, that's your job. <laughs> Sorry you hate your job. But that is your job is yes. to get up and get me the music I just asked for because you work in the music library. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and I just, I, I got so sick and tired of it, you know, as a native New Yorker. So. Anyway, I don't know why I just went off on that. Thing. That's okay. No, it's interesting um, because I, I think you're right. And also, you said, you know, in New York and the Northeast specifically, and New York specifically, I should say, uh, I agree with you. People are just far more direct or whatever, but it's not necessarily meant in a rude or mean way. It's just being honest and forthright. And unlike the South, which I'm from, which is incredibly different, uh, it's very facade. Don't get me on the South. <laughs> 
I don't understand it. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I celebrate it, but I don't always get it. Yeah, well. I mean, I love fun. performing down there. The audiences are great. Yes. But I just, you know, sometimes I listen to the way those women speak. Uh, uh, darling, what's wrong with oh, the way they speak down here? Totally <laughs> ripping someone apart. It's, it's just bless it's your heart. Yeah, they'll say, bless exactly. your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Isn't it horrible? I was in the airport recently, and these two women were ripping apart somebody. And, and they kept saying, bless, bless her heart. <laughs> And I thought, that doesn't make things better. She's as ugly that as a chihuahua. doesn't make what you're she's saying as, uh, better. She's as ugly as a chihuahua, bless her heart. I mean, it's exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's the Southern way, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay, well, just a couple more questions. I got a couple fan questions for you, too, and that's it. Uh, I wanted to ask Where do you, you live? I live in yeah. Dallas, Texas. Oh, I've performed there. I love it. Yeah, I've, but I've, you were here a couple of years ago, I think, but I wasn't able... I've done, it. I've done three shows there. What the hell's... What's, what's when have problem? you been here? I've been here my whole life. <laughs> it's a couple what? of years ago. A couple of years ago, I know you were here. 2011, I think, or something? I've been here, I've been there like three times to the Rose Room. It's fabulous. Oh, my God. Well, when's the Girl. next time you're coming back? Well, I don't know if I'll ever come back. <laughs> okay. Well, that's too bad because I'm sure we loved you here. Um, that's, I did. I always have a good time. Yeah, Dallas is a, is Dallas is a city. <laughs> anyway. oh, it's great. It's so much fun. I, lo- I, I love it there. I went to that cowboy bar right there in the the Roundup. Uh huh. Oh, it's fabulous, and they all dance. I loved it. Yes, I love cowboys. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> Lady and Gaga. I have a beaver shirt. You do? Gas station. Oh, do you really? <laughs> uh, what's it called? Um, I don't know, but it says it's a beaver. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't remember really yeah. what it's called. Yeah, I don't it's really where they sell guns, knives, <laughs> and a lot of beef jerky. <laughs> That's right. And you can In addition to gasoline. Gasoline, exactly. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Welcome to Texas. Um, well, I had a question from some fans, uh, three, three or four questions from fans I wanted to ask you. Uh, the first question is from Jeff Shue. He says, my question for Coco is, I was listening to a certain podcast out of Chicago that you have been on multiple times, and the host had on a certain New York-based drag performer you know who is known for her huge blonde wigs and hateful onstage performances. In the course of the interview, this person stared, or excuse me, stated that people of faith are stupid and mentally deficient for believing in the existence of God. There are many people who do, not, who do believe in God, me included, but are not necessarily religious. <clears throat> what are your thoughts about some in the gay community attacking people's spiritual lives, and do you think it's hypocritical for the gay community to demand acceptance, while at the same time insulting those both within and outside the community? Who do you believe is a higher power? That's the question he had. Wow. <laughs> That's an intelligent question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, I think every like when it comes to religion, it's such a hot button, and <clears throat> Personally, I was raised Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. It was a very bad experience yes. for me. And when I um, when I went away to college, I they did offer a mass on campus, but I was always sleeping through it because I was having too much fun staying up all night. Uh, so I would always miss it. And the more I missed it, the more I realized, boy, I feel so much better about myself. Yes. <laughs> and um, and then I hated religion mm-hmm. cut to years later I'm living in the city I'm already with my partner Raphael and a friend of ours worked at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine which is an Episcopalian cathedral mm-hmm. and they invited us to this event that was the blessing of the animals yes and um, it was so the doors open and in walked an elephant 
down the main aisle. Oh my gosh. Followed by all different kinds of animals. Yes. To, and the last thing to walk up the aisle was a person holding a bowl of algae. Oh my gosh. And I wept. Yeah. And the soaring music was playing, and every religion was represented there. They had, you know, rabbis, Native Americans, everything. Incredible. It was so colorful. They had whales, uh, recorded whales, echoing through the cathedral, set to this gorgeous music with these animals. And I wept, and I wept, and I wept. And they even had uh, a gay, um, uh, Keith Haring triptych, and and a a, a whole section of the, not a section, but a little apps type, I forget what they're called, uh, dedicated to the gay movement and AIDS Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I thought, okay, there's something here for me. Mm -hmm. And I started to think about religion in a, or, or at least Christianity in a different way. Listen, I still have problems with a lot of it, but I'm not, I, you know, I'm not one of those people that thinks people who believe in God are ignorant. My mother lost a child. And if it wasn't, you know, when I, uh, my sister, and, you know, it was the church and it was my mother's faith and her prayers that got her through that. Mm -hmm. Why would I ever take that away from her? Right. Now, if you're going to stand there and ridicule me for being gay and Mm -hmm. use God's name, well, then I don't really understand the God you believe in. Thank you. But if you're like my mother and she finds comfort in that and, you know, I call my mother before my shows and I say, Ma, tonight's my show, say a prayer for me. You know, it, it's just, whether it's an energy thing or whatnot, I don't know. And that's kind of the great thing about God in religion and whatnot, is that it is a mystery. We're mm-hmm. not supposed to know. And I've always loved mysteries, so that's kind of the way I look at it. Wonderful answer. Nice answer, okay. Uh, thank you, Jeff Shu, for that question. Um, next question is from Norm Cox. He says, what is it like to know that you touch so many people and have and will change many, many lives to the best? <laughs> Just oh, by being you. I haven't touched that many people. <laughs> well, anyway. Nick. I mean, come on. I, there were those dark rooms back in New York, but I was careful. What, what I put my hand. Yes. But what I will say is I do know Norm from here in Los Angeles. Ah. Norm has been my shows. And, um, but, uh, and I know Norm has been touched by my shows because he's expressed it to me personally. Mm-hmm. And he's expressed it beautifully to me. Um. How do I feel about that? I feel blessed. I feel lucky. I feel, I can't believe that knowing who I am as a person, that Coco gives me this voice to, to speak out and to say how I feel. And and you can feel the energy at my shows when I can feel the audience going there with me. And it's it's really exciting. And recently I had a guy leave my show down in Mexico and he said, you know, I've seen so many shows in my life. He was an older man. Mm-hmm. And he says, but yours is the first show where I've ever left feeling really good about me. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, of course, that, that feels great. Yeah, of course it does, yes. And sometimes I feel like it's hard for me to hear that because I, I feel like I can't take it in Process because of my it, own childhood ego. damage and mm-hmm. feeling not worthy and the, that yes. early shame. Yes. And, you know... Have it you, is hard for me to take it in. Have you learned? Uh, is it has that has that improved a little bit since you've gotten you know as you've aged and gotten older and been in this? Well, industry? it's improved to the point where I can say thank you, right? Without going, oh come on, stop it. <laughs> yes. And so you know, 
and making them feel badly for compliments. Receive the compliment. You can I, receive I can it. receive them better. Yes. And really look in someone's eyes and thank them. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, two more questions from them, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, there's a question um, from Danny B. He says, by the way, he loves your Feeling Good cover. Um, and he says, how, did, how does he come out to his bigoted family? He wants to know how Coco Peru would advise him to do that. <clears throat> oh, God. He's, well, I wish I knew how old he was. Um, I'll tell you how I came out to my family. And I know it's ridiculous to think that I ever had to come out, but I did. Um, (laughs) I went to the gay bookstores, and I don't even know if those exist anymore, but you can certainly find books online about coming out to your parents. Mm -hmm. And I did find that so helpful because they were written, I read, one was written by a parent, and uh, I think it was called Coming Out to Your Parents, and they might seem sort of old and but there, there's probably new ones now. I don't know. But the most important thing for me was I had to learn to that if they rejected me, I had to have a support system set up already. Yes. So I had to have friends mm-hmm. or other family members, but certainly friends that were going to be there to catch me if they rejected me. Mm-hmm. I also had to, I wrote out everything I wanted to say to them and I rehearsed it. Um, because I didn't want to appear weak mm-hmm. and I didn't want to appear sad and crying because that would give my parents the, the like, well, see, you're not happy or see, you're, you are, uh, this is, is confusing for you. So I, when I came out to them, I was very direct. I was very, um, it was emotional, but it was an emotional thing, uh, but I was direct and I knew what I had to say. Right. So uh, maybe that's my theater background of having to rehearse everything, <laughs> but I did, I did find it valuable to do that. And, and the book told, told me to do that and I did it. And then the other thing was, um, I was prepared to let them, um, say stupid things, uh, because, because they're, yeah. And just sort of not react mm-hmm. to it. Right. Uh, and, and, and escalate things. Right. I, I was able to, and my parents were great. I'm not saying they said, but I had to prepare myself that if they said stupid things or asked stupid questions, mm-hmm. Uh, to treat them with respect and not have it, um, not let it escalate into anything. Not react at that moment. Not let, react. Yeah. yeah, to really like be mature, mm-hmm. allow them be, that I was that I was now going to be the parent mm-hmm. basically, and I was going to have to educate them. Right. And that's why I think you have to like really be in that secure place and have a group of people uh, to back you. I think and, that's, and then address it with them. Yeah, I think that's perfect advice. Um, well, last question from the listener would be from John Patton. He wants to know, Coco, I've only been out for two years, and I really want to get involved in something bigger than myself. So do you have any suggestions or ideas on what organizations I could join or what I could do to be more involved in the GLBT community? Wow, well, I don't know where this person lives. He lives uh, in, um, I actually can tell you, his name is John Patton. He's a listener of mine. He lives in, um, Alabama, no, Georgia. Georgia. He lives in Georgia. Oh, well, Georgia has a huge community. In the middle of nowhere. In, oh, he lives in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, for, first things first, sweetheart, you got to get to Atlanta. That's what <laughs> I told him. <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell you if you live in the middle of nowhere. Go plant a tree. Um, but... <laughs> 
I mean, I certainly think you can uh, volunteer. I don't know. I don't know about like um, how do you do things online if you're you know. Maybe he should just start know. his own. Maybe he should just start or his own. Start a blog yeah. about what it's like to live. There you go. In a small town. Yes. And then you know, get readers that can relate to that, and they can support each other. Maybe that's something he could do. That's true. Or, you know, um, if he does move to Atlanta, you know, there's gay and lesbian groups online and whatnot that you could uh, support. Or I, I, I honestly, I don't know. It's it okay. <laughs> it's okay. I grew up in a city. I'm a city boy. I don't know. You don't have to have the answer. That was just his question. Um, Darling, darling to ask that, and I admire him for wanting to make a difference, because yes. you know what? There's a lot of young people out there who come out, and they don't give a shit about their community. Completely they're apathetic. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. What? They're completely apathetic. Well, they're apathetic, or they're, they're so self-absorbed <laughs> that they think the world revolves around them, and that they, don't have to, that, that they don't have to give back. Yes. And I think it's admirable when a young person, like your listener, mm-hmm. uh, wants to give back to the community. I and, agree. And sees value in that. I agree. I think it's something to be lauded. I agree. Absolutely. Um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you about your interviews with Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Laza Minnelli, all of these interviews you've done, I think for the L, the LA Gay and Lesbian Center or something of that, something like that. Yes. It's yeah. a fundraiser for the LA Gay and Lesbian Center. It's a, a homeless youth program. Mm-hmm. So like these young kids that get kicked out of their house. Yes. When they come out, they go to the, um, they have somewhere to live basically. And they're, given clothes and they're trained in uh, how to, um, you know, taught people skills and, and some skills so that they can function in the real world uh, and taught things that their parents obviously were not capable of, of giving them. Yes. It's a wonderful, wonderful program. And these kids are adorable. I look at them, how could anybody kick that precious child out of their house? Yes. But they do. They do. They do. And that's why I would tell your other listener mm-hmm. that if, He's not in a place where he can survive on his own. He doesn't have to come out yet. Right. You know, he's got to make sure the timing's right. He doesn't want to get kicked out of his house. That's right. That's very unless important. he has a facility or somewhere where he can go. That's very smart. Yes. Um, yeah, because it would be horrible for him to come out and then get kicked out of his house, and then yeah. oh, Coco told me to do that. No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I. I um, Wanted to, to, to tell you that you thank you so much for doing the show. I wanted I know that you know you had to take your time out an hour of your Oscar show missing oh, Whoop, missing Whoopi and missing everybody care. else for some fag. But anyway, I appreciate you taking time out to talk to me. Anyway, and thank you. And listen, I'm doing. I'm, I just want to let you listen. Yes. Do you have any listeners in New York? Oh, all over the country. Absolutely. Oh, listen, I'll be in New York May 12th mm-hmm. at Birdland. I'll be in uh, San Diego uh, May uh, March 13th. And March 16th and 17th in Palm Springs. March 29th up in, at the Castro Theater with the Queens of Comedy. Wonderful. A bunch of other drag queens and myself. So if you go to my website, kokapoo.com, you'll see things listed there and you'll be able to um, find me. Awesome. And, but no, you have no plans coming back to Dallas anytime soon. Uh, no, but my, the friends that book me there are, are wonderful. So hopefully they'll have me back. Okay. Well, let's hope yeah. for that. Thank you so much, Coco Peru. We love you. Thank you. Thank Have you. Have a wonderful night. You too. Hello to all your listeners. Thank you. Actually tuned in tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Good night. Thank you, sweetie. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Of everybody, that was Coco Peru, wonderful, illustrious, incredible uh, drag queen. So I want to thank Coco Peru for uh, doing the show tonight. I want to thank all of the questions we had. Uh, Jeff Shu, you're going to get a free T-shirt from Off Limits Show. If you're interested, just email me, info at offlimitsshow.com, and I'll send you that. Also, don't forget, Joseph Clancy, I think was your name. You're going to get, uh, where are you? Joseph Clancy, if you're interested in getting your free copy of Girls Will Be Girls DVD, you can always um, email me as well, info at um, offlimitshow.com, and I'll be sure to send you your free copy. Uh, everybody else, thank you for listening to the show tonight. Don't forget, next week, next Sunday, I'm interviewing Jack McEnroth from uh, Project Runway, as well as from um, many other um, vent ventures. I, we'll talk to him. Plus, he's gorgeous. That helps as well. We'll talk to him next week on the show. Um, so be sure to tune into that. And if you have anything else you want to say to me, you can tweet me at offlimitshow off as well as on offlimitshow.com. You can contact me there or on Facebook. So I want to thank John uh, for your question as well, by the way. And also uh, Norm Cox as well for your question. So thank you guys for listening to the show and I'll be back next week. Good night. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. 